Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey ho, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a great show for you guys today. Uh, before we get started and mentioning any of that, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. It's going to be a very name-dropping show, and I hope Bruce cooperates and drops names, because Bruce and I know practically all the same people, uh, from Debbie Reynolds down to Paul Lynn to everybody, and I'm sure that Bruce has stories to tell us uh, when he was on Hollywood Squares, and we're going to talk about Silver Fox is something that's really wonderful that may start to happen soon. And it's going to be a fun show because Bruce Valance is a very funny guy. I think so. So it's going to be a lot of fun, you guys. Uh, I think it's Valance because it, it's C-H on the end. So I think it's Valance. What did I, I say? Valance. I said Valance. Yeah, it's Valance. <laughs> what? It's Bruce Valance. I went on YouTube and watched his other interviews, and they called him Bruce Valance. Oh, I didn't say Bruce Valance. <laughs> anyway, you guys. I mean, are you correcting me on names? You, you can't remember any names. I know. I'm terrible with names. You're, I'm very good with names because I'm Italian. Well, our second guest. Valance, Valance could be French or Italian. Okay. Or Spanish. It's a Latin name, Valance. Okay, but it's not, his name isn't Valance. It's Valance. <laughs> Spell it. V-I-L-A-N-C-H. Yeah, Valance. No. Valance. I'll go fuck yourself. How do you spell, say chess? It's not Cess, it's chess. You have to pronounce the C-H, so Bruce Valanche. We'll ask him what it is. I always do that anyway, but I, I looked it up on YouTube and saw how other people, and he's a he's awesome, you guys, so I'm looking forward to it. I did some research on him today. He's done so many things that I didn't actually know that he did. Yeah, well, I've been, um, a, I've been a fan of his for a long time. And I've come close to meeting him so many times. We just kind of like past each other in the night. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun getting to know him. I've got such stories to tell about him and stuff that's going to be really fun. So we're, I'm giving you a good show today, folks. Uh, watch us. I know you're listening. Don't be lazy. Watch us. We're on your cell phone. You can, you go can get us on YouTube. You yeah, we're on YouTube Live right now. 
And you could watch us on your cell phone. So we want to say hi to the chat room. We have uh, John Diadamo. Uh, that's uh, Lady Lake Sons in the chat room. Lady Lake Music's in the chat room. B. Claudia John from Gia, Germany. Wait, John Giadamo. No, no. Diadamo. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a good friend. Sylvia Polite is in the chat room with us today. Let's see. Hold on. My good friend John Giordano is in New York. Uh, B. Claudia. Um... Let's see. Anyway, the chat room is filling up. It's going to be a lot of fun, you guys. Our second guest today is actress, uh, model, actress, and singer, uh, Natalie Denise Pearl. And one of the cool things that she was in that we saw, I don't know if Ron will remember it, but we'll talk with her about it. But she plays Greta Garbo in the Academy Award-winning film Monk, Mank, which is all about her Herman, uh, what's his name? Uh, Herman Mankiewicz making uh, Citizen Kane. We watched the movie uh, about it. So she plays Greta Garbo in it, and there's a lot of big stars that won an Academy Award and um, she's it was a super fraud. Cool. The whole story was a fraud. But anyway, no, I, I really don't like uh, filming today when they do a bio of a great star. You know, I'm from that era. You can't fool me. I know all about Rita Hayworth, Lana Turner, Clark Gable. You name the star, I know everything about them because I'm 83 years old. And in my 83 years, well, actually, from 10 years old on, in my 73 years, I've been surrounded by these movie stars because my mother was an actress and it was her life and I took with her. Anyway, uh, it was not a, a very authentic story as the Rock Hudson thing was a total disaster. The Hollywood thing. The Hollywood was hideous. I want to apologize real quick to Cindy. I just wrote, she says she's super excited for Bruce because he's so funny. And I wrote, yes, and I tried to write Cindy, but instead I wrote Sunday. Um, so, so that was a mistype. It's just I mistyped because I So we have to know things. that on our show. So yes. Yeah. Well, lots of people are in there, so they see it. Cause it well, they know you're good. Come, <laughs> it could come off, you know, they, not, they not know good. That you, they know that you're going with the wind. Yes, you're right. May, B, David Fincher did the main thing. B, thank you, you know? for that lovely um, promo. I put it on my Facebook page. It's a beautiful promo you did. Thank you. Absolutely. But can I make a correction, honey? I shouldn't do it on the air. When you do my name, don't separate the Ron from the Russell, okay? Keep it Ron Russell on the same line because you did it, you know, you did Jimmy Starr and then Ron and then on the next line, Russell. That gives him a little more <laughs> than me. <laughs> and we all know that without me, this show would never be, yeah. let alone be the number one show in the world. What's so, you guys, we're number 25 again on uh, iTunes, you guys. So thank you so much. And, yep. um, and today's show says, is yes, really, got it. today's show is because, you know, Bruce Valance, I know is going to bring in a tremendous audience and, and we're going to get a lot of hits. Can we bring him on? Let's go. I'm excited. No, he's not, he's not, he's not due to come in yet. He's not ready. He comes on at 1215. All oh. our guests always come in at 1215 so we can talk and we can we do have five minutes. Oh, and B Claudia, you're the best. Thank you so much for all the promos. Again, that's fabulous. Um, uh, you guys, you can listen to the show on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. Um, there's also about another 150 other places you can see it, but these are the places uh, that everybody like knows about, so please check it out. Um, especially listen to us on Apple Podcasts because we're trying to stay in the rankings and I think for, I don't know, for about two months we're in the top 100, so that's good, but I like it. I want to get into the top 10. So our highest is 21, so we need to keep it going. So please check it all out and, and continue Have to Have you any idea what he's speaking about? I don't. But they do. I don't know what he's talking about. 
And the top 10 what? Top 10 podcasts on iTunes. I thought we were like the number one podcast. Not on iTunes. So there's a lot of different platforms, but iTunes is the biggest one. We oh. want to be on the top of iTunes and iHeartRadio are the two that, that we want to be on. And we have, aren't normally on those lists. Oh. So now we're on those lists and we appreciate it. Uh, Hub Reynolds Jr. just joined us too. What's up, Hub? How are you? And um, hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Now we're getting ready to go into the Christmas season. And uh, December is, I don't know, like a day or two. And away. Hanukkah. Don't forget about Hanukkah. That's right. Christmas and Hanukkah is coming up. Right. Um, I, I guess Christmas, December is in like another day or two. I don't exactly know how many days are there in. I think there's 30 days. So December 1st must be on Friday, you guys. Um, so it should be a lot of fun for Christmas. Hope everybody's going to have a great time. And we hope everybody had a good time with their families on Thanksgiving. That was so boring. Oh, well. I mean, totally boring. I could have fallen asleep with that little speech. I don't think other think people. Don't you know how so. to be funny? Don't you have any kind of wit? I'm about not supposed you? to be funny. You're supposed I know, to be but funny. you have no wit about you at all. Three hearts. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three what do you think about these? This crap on Facebook when men send each other hearts, straight men, supposedly straight, they send hearts to each other like love. I never saw such a thing. It's not. I, I've love. never sent. If I sent hearts to some guys, they'd be calling me up for a date. It's an uh, it's a come on. It's not a come on. It's, a, it's an if emoji I, listen, that comes I have up. I have a, a, a fellow who is so interested in me, and I keep telling him that I'm with you, and he keeps saying he knows that, but things change and people change. crazy. And he, he lives in South Africa, so I'm going to go live in South Africa. <laughs> anyway, if I sent him three hearts, he'd probably be on an airplane. So Cindy Come says the hearts only mean that you like the post a lot. That's it. No, hearts mean I love no, you. No, they don't. See? Because well, you're from a different generation. What different generation? <laughs> a heart is a heart. What, which, you're right, Cindy. Well, we woke it. We, we woke that one, too. No, it's not a woke thing. It just means you like something. A no. heart doesn't mean love no, like it no, used no. to. Well, that's sad. Well. Because in my day, when you said, if I give my heart to you, will you handle it with care? That was a lyric from a song. So if you gave your heart to somebody, that meant you loved them. I know, but it's different. You didn't now. give. I, listen, if I in Brooklyn, where I come from, if I would have given hearts to my friends, they would have beat the shit Hub out of me. Hub just gave us a bunch of hearts in the fucking chat. Well, that's because <laughs> Hub is going gay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just right, the way it is. Right, Hub? You decided to give up on women. Maybe Thanks, you're going to try men. Don't listen to me. Stay with the women. The women are nuts, but the men are worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm married to this guy. Boy, what a trip that is. <laughs> I mean, he sends hearts out to people. And these stupid people think that he's flirting. I am not. They don't, I don't think they think I'm flirting. Yes, I sent hearts to Hub on, on, on uh, well, he wrote something nice to well, me. Well, Hub is cute. <laughs> I would send hearts to Hub, too, because I really love Hub. Don't forget, Hub has been with us. Hey, Hub, how many years are you with us? I mean, you're a Actually, true, B. true. Claudia just told me to tell you that she changed it. She just fixed it. Oh, B, it. thank you so much. It's just that it makes this creep more important than I, and I'm really the one that makes this show happen, as we all know. Yeah, he right. just sits there puppeting everything I say. That's right. Anyway, uh, we're going to have a good show today. I'm really not today. a main person, folks. I just do this for fun. Hey, but yep, anyway, sending hearts to a guy is very gay. I'm sorry. Okay, like they're kissing, all sending hearts That's like kissing men. You know. Thanks, B. You're the best. You know, it's a shame that men are not men anymore and women are not women anymore. Women look like men and men look like women. 
We've lost our individuality. It was nice years ago. A man opened a door for a woman, lit her cigarette, took her to dinner, and paid for it. Today, Hub says he loves us guys, but he's he's all about the women. And I know Hub. Been, we've been Hub, you've nine years. Hub, you've never nine seen, years. Hub, you've never seen me in fishnet stockings and a push-up bra. <laughs> you would change your mind. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, years ago, men were men and made women feel like women, and women in turn flirted and made a man feel like a man. Today, you date somebody, and it's like they were an office worker or something. The, the romance is gone, and I'm from a romantic era. I came from a time where romance was it. Corny things you said to a woman, you're beautiful, your eyes sparkle because you love me so. Things like that were said. Today, if you said that to a woman, she'd tell you, go fuck yourself. You're a moron. You're an idiot. You're crazy. <clears throat> so, yes, I'm from the olden days. My days were better because we treated women beautifully. And you women out there that said, oh, oh, that's old-fashioned, that's because you've never had it. But if you had a man making you feel like the most important person in the world, you would like it. Instead of, hey, baby, get over here. Get on your knees. I want some head. <laughs> No, that's not romantic to me. Ladies, like sisters, sends hearts to all. So Stefan joins well, us too. The women can send up. hearts. Um, the women, it's fine to send hearts. And John Diadama thinks you're right about like treating women the way treating women that way. Yeah, it's women. Men, so our guest is here, though, so we can go. Well, just one minute more. Women, I'm sure Bruce is going to agree with me. Men treat women today like furniture. Hey, Bruce, where are you? Come no, on. we're going to bring him on. Let's bring him on. Let's see if we can hear him, and we'll get rocking and rolling. Hi. I think it's pretty romantic when a guy says, get on your knees. And <laughs> I don't know. I'm from a different school. And <laughs> no, so but I, I guess. But clearly I'm wearing the right shirt, Statler and Waldorf, because I see they live in you. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, you know, steak and rape is okay. But just to go out you know, with a guy and he says, get on your knees. Hey, how about a dinner first? <laughs> really? Especially if you're in, in the middle of the street. I mean, you know. <laughs> a girl's got to be worth something after all. <laughs> Hold on. Now we can hear him. Let Wait me introduce I, I got to do an intro. I got to do oh, an intro. the intro. No, no, I, know do an, I know you know, but we got millions of people that might not. So oh, let's go. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to ah, the gym. The red glasses came on. Now I know I'm in the right place. Yes. Right. And, and Bruce, I've always had them, too. I didn't do this for you. <laughs> no, I, 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 I lit upon this when Sally Jesse retired. I asked. Yes. Right. There you go. Said, go with the red glasses. All right. Uh, I also have a Funko Pop with the red glasses. So, All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, two-time Emmy winner, comedy writer, songwriter, actor, and the ho ultimate Hollywood insider, Bruce Ballant. Hello, oh my and welcome. God. How are well, you? You left How out stripper, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I lay off. I'm, I have too many, you know, nude Santa gigs now during the Bruce, holiday. Bruce, we have yes. so many mutual friends. And every, wait, hang on. Every one of them has said what a nice guy you are. From oh, Lady yeah. Kazan to my crazy friend in Palm Springs. Steve Bluestein. Steve Bluestein. <laughs> Stevie, the depression. You know, the depression. Yeah, you know, depression, thy name is Bluestein. Absolutely. Yeah. Bluestein, that's right. Bluestein, Bruce we always Stein. say it. Right? Oh, no. Oh, I, you know, when you're Jewish, you learn the Steens, the Steins. Yeah. Jimmy doesn't know. Jimmy's not Jewish. I know how to say it. I'm half Jewish. But anyway. Um, is there a punchline for that? 
This is Ron Russell, by the way, because normally I would introduce right. him. He's my co-host, Ron Russell. We also have a chat room. I, 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 I saw the names. You know, I knew. We, felt, we have a chat room filled with people that are starting to flow in. So just say, hey, everybody to the chat room. What I'm excited about over with first. Bruce, I understand that you have standing ovations in Florida doing silver foxes. <laughs> I mean, well, we didn't do. I didn't do silver foxes in Florida, but uh, uh, I did get standing ovations for something called the Penis Show. Uh, are, were you? Are you in Florida? It wasn't silver foxes. No, we did. I did the the, uh, the silver foxes began as a pilot for Logo, and I did the pilot. We did the pilot reading. George Takei and I played a couple in that one, and but I haven't done it on stage. So, uh, but but I I did. Uh, I did do a show in Florida a couple a couple of weeks ago, so and it was it was very successful. Where are you guys? We're in Palm Springs. Oh, you're, in Palm, you're in the desert. Okay, well I was in the other. I was in Palm Springs East, Wilton Manors. Yes, well, I'm from I'm from Fort Lauderdale, so I know it well. Oh, well, that's where it was. I spoke to Stan Zimmerman yesterday, and I thought he said that you were doing you did Silver Foxes in Florida, and it was a hit. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, you're wrong. I'm sorry. How oh, I got fucked up. He like would that. like me to do it in Florida. This is what I, my my understanding. But uh, we're talking about it, but we haven't done it yet. I love Stan. He's a dear friend of mine, and I'm crazy about Silver Foxes. I think it's a wonderful idea. And since he wrote for the Golden Girls, he can write for Foxes. It's going to be a fun thing. You know, it's about a bunch of gay guys living in Palm Springs, and one that you would probably be Dorothy, I imagine. I was Dorothy, and uh, uh, George Takei was uh, Rose, who was my husband in in this version, and Leslie Jordan was uh, 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 Rue McClanahan, basically. Oh, not Blanche? Yeah, Blanche. Blanche. Uh, Right, Blanche. Um, And uh, Sherry O'Terry and another actress who I name I can't remember were the lesbians next door who hated us, but they wanted to flip our house. So they, they were cultivating us. And Melissa Peterman uh, played the woman who ran the uh, independent living facility where uh, Leslie Jordan called us in a panic that they were putting him back in the closet. Right. Uh, they were also homophobic. So we kidnapped him. That was the pilot. And right. he comes to live with us. And she follows. And she becomes an ally as a result. That was all in the pilot. The play is much more developed and has a whole lot of other stuff going on, because the pilot was a half hour. Well, Stan is is coming out here in a couple of weeks, for a couple of weeks, because he's directing, what's his name's uh, play? So we'll have, he'll be coming over for dinner, and I'm gonna get- What's his name will be thrilled to know that. Well, I can't think of names. He's not good at names. And and the guy is only only your writer, who gives a shit? I mean, do you really care about writers? They write such garbage. They expect us to portray. Listen, them. motherfucker, we were on strike for three months. Yes, we care about writers. <laughs> but you would, you would think in three months these assholes would come up with a good fucking movie for a change. <laughs> I get scripts that are so pathetic. It's like 10 year olds wrote them. I mean, just got. Now, you worked with Laney, my lovely friend Laney of 40 years who never returns my phone calls, and her box is always full. And I said I beg to your pardon. I said, Laney. <laughs> well, that's how you know Hey, Bruce, you're, you're jumping my lines. I said to Laney, you only wish your box was full. I see. <laughs> that maybe you'd be sweet and, 
and return a phone call. We're in a movie together, and she's gone with the wind. I never. Yeah, well, she's, she hasn't been in great shape lately. I mean, I saw her I a little while ago, and she was not feeling great. So I know that she's that's probably really your answer. So real quick, I want to do some bragging for people in case they don't know who you are. And the writer thing, you guys, was a big joke. Well, wait a minute. Joke, one of- I wanted to talk about the movie that he's in with Lainey. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Oy vey, my son is gay. Oy vey, my son is gay. Couldn't be better. Could not be a better title. She was fabulous. You were adorable as this schmucky, schleppy kind of guy. I mean, I love that movie. And I tell everybody Uncle Max. Now, Lainey, in all of her uh, writings, puts all her movies, but she never puts, Oy vey, my son is gay. So I said to her, I said, how come you left that out? She said, I don't leave that out. I said, you certainly do. So I'm wondering why she leaves that movie out. It's really one of her better films. She's beautiful. You'd have to ask, you'd have to ask her. I don't know. I, 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 I have it proudly in my resume. One reason is because the New York Times said, this is a movie that wants you to believe that nobody knows Bruce Valanche is gay. <laughs> <laughs> you did two movies. I've never gotten to review that wonderful. It was terrific. You did two movies with Lainey, though, right? Because isn't she in um, the Zohan? She's in Zohan. We are both in the Zohan, yes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't work together. In, in Oyve, I played her brother. In yes. the Zohan, uh, she had a big part in the Zohan. And okay. once again, George Takei and I, we're, we're in the last sequence of the Zohan. It was a reshoot. Adam Sandler didn't like the end of the picture. So he wrote a new one, and we came in for one day with Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews band who played the villain, and uh, and we shot this one this one scene. But uh, I can't tell you. People, I, mean, I run into guys of a certain age, and they said, oh, man, you're in the Zohan. What are you going to do? So I, I, I run with that for all it's worth. There you go. Oh, by the way, too, happy belated birthday, because I saw on... Thank you. It's fabulous. This year they made it a national holiday. <laughs> yeah, I know, but tell the it truth. terrific. That Mayor it's, Pete has much pull. Isn't it a bitch being 26? Uh, uh, um, let me remember. <laughs> that was a very good year. Brusula. A Brusula. Already like he's my brother. Brusula. On this show, we name drop because that's our audiences love it. This is a <laughs> show, a gossipy show. So let's get into Paul Lynn, who I love. I danced the mambo with him in a gay bar called The Fawn and when he was doing Bye Bye Birdie in New York years ago. Wow. And, I, and I saw Paul over and over and over again through the years. You knew Paul Lynn, obviously, from Hollywood. You did Square. his Christmas special. Well, and, I, I knew him. First, uh, yes, from Squares, because uh, we were doing Donnie and Marie. He was a regular on Donnie and Marie, which was uh, he was being paid off by ABC for having a, a failure as a uh, in the sitcom, the Paul Lynn show, which started very strong and then faded immediately. And they and they paid him off not to do any more of them. And they gave him a regular slot on Donnie and Marie. So we would do Donnie and Marie. We worked during the day. And then as I was leaving, he, they, he was going to shoot Hollywood Squares, but the, in those days shot uh, at night uh, across the, over the hill at NBC. And he, uh, he would grab me and he'd say, come with me to Squares. I haven't got shit. And we'd sit in the car and he would show me the questions and we would, we would write jokes. So that was, that was, that was the, the first iteration of Squares, which ended around 76, 77. And well, then uh, I came, then there was another one with Joan Rivers 
which I wrote for, and then uh, right. the one I did with Whoopi. Which was- I, 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 I love Joe. What? I want because I want to let a lot of people don't know who he is. Oh, I know. Well, sure everybody knows who Bruce Willard is. Everybody, okay, but if you're like 20 years old, you don't know who he Fuck is. The 20 year old, he's like. <laughs> no, I want to brag for him. So here, you guys. So so okay, you guys. So first of all, we're married. We yeah, we're married. Can so you tell? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, first of all, Bruce did a four year stint on the Hollywood Squares. He was also the head writer for t- from 2000 to 2014. He was the head writer for the Oscars. He's also a featured writer for the Tonys, the Grammys, and the Emmys. So, like, he's an EGOT. That's everything. Uh, he was a co-writer on the Donnie Marie Show, the Paul Lynn Show, Halloween Special, Brady Bunch Variety Hour. He's written jokes for Lily Tomlin, Billy Crystal, Roseanne Barr, Rosie O'Donnell, Paul Reiser, Elizabeth Taylor, Stephen Tyler, Robin Williams. And, which I didn't even know this, I just Googled you on YouTube, and the first thing that popped up was a scene with you and Diana Ross in Mahogany, which I love that movie because I used to be a clothing designer. Um, he had a brief scene in Breathless with Richard Gere, and then he's been on all kinds of TV shows and movies, one of which I like a lot is The Ice Pirates, because as a kid, I was like in love with Robert Urich, and I thought he was like the hottest thing ever. Okay, telling me that people don't know what he is, who he is with that resume. Are you out of your fucking mind? I know, but the behind-the-scenes writers, people don't know. I don't give a shit about them. We'll you care. are the Silver Foxes. Zimmerman yeah. should put you in the show. Oh. Actually, they're going to put you. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we should be doing silver foxes. It's because Stan and I have talked. Uh, I'm going to be the crazy drag queen neighbor, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that, we didn't have that in the pilot, but in the play, oh, no, I believe. No, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm inserting it. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> now let's talk about Joan Rivers, who in yes. person was not funny at all. People don't believe me. Joan was very serious. I was in the green room with her for a good 20 minutes or more. And she was very businesslike and very worried about what she does and very, you know, precise. Funny she was not. The moment we went on stage, my God, she became Joan Rivers, which is many performers, as you know. What were you doing with her on stage? We did the Manhattan Center drag, uh, uh, what was it called? In Manhattan Center, New York was a drag thing. And yeah. I, I used to impersonate Jane Russell. Believe it or not, I was, I was, I was looking at you, and I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, but no, I really was, I've just been reading this the book, a book about Jane Russell. I, I forget who wrote it. Um, uh, Sarah, I think her name is Sarah Price. But uh, I knew her a little bit. But uh, but I was looking at you, and I was thinking Ron, Ron Russell, Jane Russell, but something about oh, the hair and the eyebrows. We were we were best friends for years. Jane stayed uh-huh. at home. I stayed at her house. It was like. The fellow that did Anne Margaret, I forgot who he was, a drag queen, and he used to say to me, isn't it weird that I'm friends with Anne, he was friends with Anne Margaret, and I was best friends with Jane Russell. And uh, He looked really good. I look like Jane. I'll believe bet, yeah. Believe it or not. If you go on Facebook and see some of Hang my on, old, see if I, can do I was young. You know, I'm not, yeah. now I look like Jane Russell's asshole. I'm her mother. I'm poor Jane. But anyway. I forgot oh, what she, I, I had. Uh, she was great fun, and she laid off all the Jesus stuff when she was with me, so we had a good time. No, Jane Russell told it like it was. She was not a pony. If you, uh, if, you can you show it? There I am. It's gorgeous. It's fabulous. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jane was a very wonderful person. That's great. Yeah. Jane was not a phony. Jane was honest. Jane was down to earth. Jane hated Hollywood. She hated being a movie star. Uh, she didn't like the business. 
this is then the two of them actually together going to an event. Right. And she was 89 there, looking gorgeous at 89. Um, yeah. But anyway. Actually, because so, he's also, he got, and I noticed well, that. Wait, I have to think no. of the thing at Manhattan Center. This is so many years ago. Joan. It's probably some uh, a drag award show, because I think I did some, one there. I either hosted it or something. It, it, it was, was that the one? When I was doing hairspray. Where Sugar Darling came in in a white fox wrap and a sequins gown. And when she, the photographers were shooting her, she opened up the wrap and had tits. She was the first <laughs> one to have her tits injected with silicone. Oh, wow. From that. That's how she died from cancer. That's the, the one that I, it was back, way back. I was like 19 or something. Joan was starting off in the business. Oh. She, she was with her first oh, thing. Well, of course she was serious <laughs> then. <laughs> no, she didn't have her side. She didn't have the third face. She had the first face. Yeah, right. But I saw her years later because Debbie, uh, no, Joan Rivers used to do the comedy club in L.A. about 30 years ago. She'd yeah. go and have friends come and do jokes, and then we'd write the ones we liked and the ones we didn't like. And who was there? Another buddy of yours, Debbie Reynolds, who I knew. Yeah. Well, I didn't have time to catch up with Debbie because we're all sitting on the pews. When I went outside, there was a limo, and Debbie said, come sit in the limo with me, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up. I sit in the limo, suddenly a big mouth pushes me over, it's Joan Rivers, in her limo with Debbie Reynolds. So the two of them started in together, and all I thought was, if I had a camera, this show would get Emmys, Golden Globes, every fucking day. They should have hooked up. I'm, I'm sorry that Debbie and Joan didn't do something together, because... The word fuck was in every every other word. <laughs> I mean, the fucking this, the fucking that, the, everything. And the two of them were fucking all over the place. Anyway, tell me a Debbie story and a Joan story. Oh, wow. A Debbie story. Uh, well, I mean, I uh, knew her for, I met her in like 1968 when she did uh, this. I was a journalist in Miami and she came to do... <laughs> Uh, she was doing a, a picture called How Sweet It Is, and they were premiering it uh, because of the title. They were premiering it at the Jackie Gleason thing in, in uh, Miami. That's when I met her. But, I mean, I, I wrote for her. I mean, uh, I don't know if I have a Debbie story that I can just pull out of the air. <laughs> or a Jones story, for that matter. I mean, because... <laughs> they were outrageous women. Totally outrageous. Outrageous women. If you... Uh, you know, if I'd known this ahead of time, I would have culled my diary and found something. Right. No, so you mentioned you know a minute ago. It's sad, Bruce, that we don't have people like you, like them, like Paul around anymore. We don't have the wonderful humor that you guys did, the intelligence to be witty and quick and fun. People today are so dumb and, and serious and gray. There's no longer fun. Gay people are in a camp anymore. In my, I'm 83 years old, so I go back to the 50s, early 50s. Mm -hmm. Queens were campy. Everything was all rose. Give me a break. You know, what? you should live so long, darling. Get off your knees. You may choke to death now. Stuff like that. We did all stupid shit, campy stuff. Today, mm -hmm. gay people are not like that. They, 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 they don't want to act like faggots. They want to act like straight people. <laughs> and that's so boring. No, really, gay, the gay world is not gay anymore. That's uh, that's one attitude. It's just it's morphed into something else. It went mainstream. 
But it's all that that stuff is all still there. I mean, the, the success of RuPaul's Drag Race is phenomenal. I mean, those queens never could make a living, and now they all do great because of the exposure they've had on RuPaul. Right. They're doing the same stuff. I mean, they also make time for all the schmaltzadicka stuff about their lives and, and, you know, their queen for a day kind of sob stories. But when they're on stage, you know, Bianca Del Rio is every bit as crazy as, as what you're describing. You're on the a couple of times, right? In my day, Jay-Z G, who was Lenny Dietz, was Gloria Swanson, absolutely. Um, James, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, our friend, who does, uh, oh my God. He's your friend, I don't know. Oh, Jimmy, 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 oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. If I, if I could interrupt, uh, yes. part of the, of the problem is there aren't people around like Gloria Swanson. You're right. The, the movie star archetypes, Mae West, Marlena Dietrich, Garbo, the, Crawford, those people, I mean, it, you can't do Jennifer Lawrence. You're right. You can't do Julia Roberts. You're I mean, right. You have to find a target. I mean, that, that's why they keep, you know, resuscitating Liza and Tina Turner, and, and they won't let go of Cher and Bet because they are they're star personalities of the old school. And the newer ones, Britney Spears, I mean, isn't all that interesting, except that she's kind of tragic. Right. But, but she's musical, so they can do that. So for somebody to invest themselves in that is... Uh, it's really weird. I mean, Joey Arias is still doing Billie Holiday, but he's he's made her into Joey Arias. It's the it's a weird right. it's a weird spectacle. I mean, I love it. He's brilliant, but it is so strange because he is he has his own character, and it is Billie Holiday at the same time. It's his own character. So, have you uh, seen Have you seen Jimmy James lately? Jimmy not James, lately, no, but I wrote for him years ago. That he, he was Marilyn. He, he would do Marilyn when I was doing it, but now he does. I don't even know. He does. It's all vocal with him now, right? Does he even do the yeah. drag? He has a he has a, a Jimmy James character in drag. Yeah, and, and I, we're very good friends for many many years. We we worked. I was the first drag queen to work the Copacabana nightclub in New York City. Okay, the first one. Nobody ever did drag there before. And I asked Jimmy to come in and be Marilyn with me. And Jimmy's guy, I forgot his name, some weird name, Coco or something, said Jimmy doesn't work with anybody. He only works alone. So Jimmy never came into the Copacabana with me, but we got some other mm -hmm. queen who looked like Marilyn. So I know Jimmy forever. And I asked him, I said, why aren't you doing Marilyn? He said, because I wouldn't want people to know what Marilyn looked like this weight and this age. That's right. He used to say that to me, too. So he's smart. He knows what he's doing. His oh, show yeah. is good. I watch, he does Betty Davis. He does all the great legends. So he does a nice yeah. show. So the how long is it? The audience, the audience that knows all of those references is quietly dying away and, well, uh, of natural causes. So it's, uh, and it's hard to replace that stuff because, as I say, they, you know, who's Tallulah Bankhead these days? Right. You're right about but that. I never really thought about that. Your wit. And your humor, I don't think the young ones really get. I think they, they're too stupid. You have to, like, lay it out. In our day, a queen was quick. You said it. Charles Pierce, a lovely friend of mine. Charlie have and I. You, have you never seen Bianca Del Rio? I mean, yes. I don't, no, know, I don't even know who I know is. she is because we are. Uh, one of the drag race winners. She's, she's big. She's big everywhere. Carnegie Hall, I mean. She's a thing. I, I, you, should, you should check her out because she is what you're talking about. 
I will. I write for Get Out Magazine, and she's like in, in Get Out Magazine all the yeah. time, and so on. I, I don't know. She's very funny. She's uh, she's uh, I think she says she's Costa Rican, uh, which means that she says means I have a big dick and low credit. <laughs> and she also did a movie with uh, um, who's the the guy from Canada, the bald guy who we hang out with in New York. I forgot his name now. The actor, the actor that we met. At, oh, the muscle bound. Yeah, one? I forgot his I name forgot now. Darren. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Anyway, she's done a movie with friends of ours. This is I want to know who this guy is. Hang on. Bald and muscles? Wait a minute. Bald and muscles. Gorgeous. Straight, but he's straight. Uh, Gorgeous. And he's been in a bunch six of movies. Foot, six foot four. But he's in that and Russian hung like, movie. Hung like a mule. Also. She did that movie like uh, like a, a, a from Russia with love or something. I don't know. It was some kind His of weird name movie. Is, that was like, 70 years ago. I know. It was like a, something like that. <laughs> so how long have you actually been an entertainer? You're since, pretty since much ever? Was, since he was born. All my life. I mean, uh, I, I was a child actor. I was never a child star. Otherwise, we'd be having this conversation in rehab. But I, was <laughs> a I was a child actor, and I became a writer at the same time. And I, and I was, as I got older, I was in competition with actors who were more authentic uh, because I was too young to play those parts. Although I looked older, I had a deep voice, and I was heavy. So I, I was up you know, with Jimmy Coco, reading opposite Jimmy Coco and Paul Sorvino and actors like that. And it was, it was ridiculous, you know. So I, I started writing and uh, I was in college and I got out of college and went to the Chicago Tribune and was writing for them. And I met Bette Midler and started writing for her. She was also just, on, just starting out. She was on Broadway and Fiddler on the Roof and um, uh, singing Matchmaker, Matchmaker and Sweeping Up the Stage. And she played a club in Chicago, Mr. Kelly's. And that's where I met her and I started writing for her. And 50 years later, I'm still writing for her. Good for you. That's freaking awesome. You're not retired. What I like most about you, Bruce, is I, and I respect tremendously, you handled letting the world know you were gay delicately and well. And no, seriously, you brought a lot of straight people around to liking gay people when they were homophobic haters. And I know that because in Hollywood squares, you never denied, you never said you were gay, but you never said you weren't. And people knew, the audience knew you were gay. The audience, yeah, you're right. I, I actually, you know, I, I said it. They didn't like when I talked about uh, people that I dated, but, uh, which, in, which is, of course, what killed Ellen's show when she came out. She said, you know, now she's going to go tri dating women. And that was that they said, no, that's unacceptable. So, I mean, the ratings just plunged. But uh, so I would get notes saying you can't be too graphic about the about any of this stuff, but you be who you are. And, uh, you know, we used to uh, I used to I, I, I was would sit there up with up there with Whoopi and I would say, I got a note that I'm too gay. I was too gay. In, in <laughs> yesterday. And she said, I got a note. I'm too black. <laughs> You know, and, and we used to joke about it. She said, what they don't realize is that I'm really a gay, a gay man and you're really a black woman. <laughs> I said, that's true. Ask anybody who's had sex with me. And it's absolutely true. So who have you dated? You gonna, you, can you drop me? Oh, name? I would never go. I, please. I would never go into that. <laughs> who have you dated? I mean. <laughs> I like that stuff because I actually watched some stuff with you and like, because, I mean, they give you the ultimate Hollywood insider because you always have a lot of dish 
on a lot of things that's like going on. And I was like, uh, I didn't know that exactly that part. I watched videos. I even watched a video of like, cause you get approached on the street a lot with people with cameras and they just start talking to you and you're always very witty right off the bat, like with them all. And I was super in, you know, impressed with how you, how you would like interact with them. One of them you were you aware know, it's, uh, Mike, Mike Nichols said interviews are performances masquerading as conversations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff, and I don't mean it's in any demeaning way, is, is performance. I yes. mean, when I, uh, you know, I meet people and they want me to be funny, so I'm, I'm funny. And I, I, I'm more comfortable doing that because what, do you, what are you going to say to somebody who comes up to you on the street? Oh, I love you on the show. It's wonderful and all that. Uh, you know, you just might as well be funny. And I also learned because for 20 years I was, I was not famous. Uh, I was mini famous and I got more famous on squares. But I was surrounded by big stars, and I saw what happened when people would catch them on an off day or in a bad moment, and they were not particularly nice. That lived with them forever. Yes. And I realized that you have a choice. You, you can, they can remember you as somebody who they liked, or they can remember you as the cunt of all time. And that, yes. was, that was what they will tell everybody who they, they meet when your name comes up. My mother, uh, I did a show with Marvin Hamlish. Uh, I did many shows with Marvin, but uh, I was rehearsing a show with Marvin, doing a preview with Peter Allen, and my mother came in. My mother came to see it, and she said, she said, you know, I went to camp with his mother, with Marvin's mother. And I said, well, I had no idea. And so she went up to him, and she said, Marvin, my name is, I'm Bruce's mother, but uh, I, I went to camp with your mother. And she would know me by Spot Landau. That was my name back then. And Marvin said, that's nice, and turned and walked away. From that moment on, whenever his name came up, she would say, that son of a bitch. <laughs> but you know what, Bruce? You may not be famous famous like a movie star, superstar, but you're a celebrity. And celebrity, celebrity. you are a celebrity. And celebrity yeah. stays alive and goes further than a star. A star hey, is... Look at Josh out. <laughs> A star is here Monday, Tuesday, there's no more star. Celebrities have all Zaza, Jane Mansfield, all these people, they were nobodies. They were just wonderful celebrities. But you're a somebody. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You might like that. Well, yeah, but now it's that's all changed now because it's they're they're Kardashians now. They're people who are on reality television. I guess. They're all celebrities. Yes. That's it. They have no talent. They're, they're not stars. Right. They are celebrities. They become influencers. And that's where the money is because they're on television, on a reality show, and people say, Oh, I love her eyeliner. I wonder where she gets it. So she goes into the eyeliner business. And that's how that's how Kylie Jenner is a billionaire. And now she's a billionaire. That's Bruce. right. Do you, wait, wait, wait. Do you, because uh, you're in talking about that, because everybody in the chat room, we have a lot of, uh, of fans of the show and friends of ours that promote the show, and nobody found you. I, I don't see you're not on Instagram or Twitter or any of those things, are you? Uh, I twat not. No, I, I have. <laughs> I twat not. I have. I have accounts on every platform. I just never post on them. Facebook is the only thing I post on. Okay. Okay. But I look. I look in, at everybody else. You know. I look. I look. <laughs> threads i look at them all i mean you know you draw from when you're a writer you draw from all of that stuff so right i'm I'm there i'm just not i just don't post life's too short i mean i'm too busy actually doing the work i like to do so 
Uh, Facebook is a great and nextdoor.com, which is like a neighborhood thing. That's yeah. hilarious. It's basically where people post lost cats, but they also, for some reason, feel like they have to just uh, just expunge on anything that bothers them. I get it's, it's, every day. It's a great, it's a great uh, spawning ground for jokes. Every day, though, on next, I'm not a comedian, so I don't do anything with it. I just see everybody talking about they lost their cat, somebody stole their mail, whatever, whatever it is, like all kinds yeah. of stuff on it, and and I get all kinds of them from it, and I can't stand it, but. Endlessly entertaining. Who's the most important fella that you've, well, that you've known intimately? The most important. I'm going to tell you. No, just give a name. I'll give you. you a name. I'll give you a name. George Nader. I knew George. I didn't know George Nader. He was Superman, right? No, that was George Reeves. George okay. Nader was. Uh, did you see Joan Crawford in a woman on the beach? Movie. Of course. Female on the beach. Female on the beach. Well, the guy. The oh, okay. But I know about I know about George Nader from somebody else. I'm trying to remember who. He was good for Rock. Um, but, but no, I, uh, George Nader was a bit before my time. I was just watching Turner Classic, and there was a guy. I can't think of his name. Now his name has gone out of my head. Philip Terry, I think. He was oh, in Passions sure. of 34. With William Powell and Betty Davis, and he was gorgeous. So I yep. immediately looked him up. He died in '96, uh, but he was, he was my father's age. Actually, he was born 1908 when my father was born. So, uh, but he was. But I lost track of him after. I mean, I, I had never seen him. He probably was a, a character actor who did a lot of television um, after the studio period. I grew up with all of them. I knew yeah. Betty. You ever meet Betty Davis? You ever know Betty Davis? Yes, I knew. I did. About to have a Betty, some Betty Davis story. I I did know her. Um, first, I met her because a, a a friend of mine, an actor named Doug Barr, was dating Kath, the secretary, and uh, he lived in the same building in the Colonial House. And right. uh, yeah. so, uh, she, so he had a dinner party, and that was where I met her. And uh, Betty Davis and Kath came up, and um, she uh, uh, he had told her about me. And at the time, I was doing a show called The Midnight Special, which was on Friday nights from 1 to 2.30 in the morning. Uh, and it was uh, what had happened was it was a, a concert show, rock and roll concert show, and, and video came in, MTV came in, and these artists would no longer uh, come in and do a live performance, uh, even the tape thing. So they said, show the video. I spent money on the video. So they cr we created a, a uh, like a politically incorrect talk show, which I hosted. And it was on in the middle of the night, you know, and nobody, and the only people who ever recognized it, black people for some reason, they were up. I don't know why. Uh, seriously, there were just not that many people uh, and people who were like, you know, stoned out of their mind who imagined that they saw me on TV. Anyway, so I've been on this show and uh, the, it was the first one. and. Um, I, the following week, uh, I had dinner and with her, and she said, she looked at me and she said, Mr. Valanche, I caught your show last week. Dreadful. <laughs> I said, well, it, 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 it was the first one. It, it gets better. She said, well, it had nowhere to go but up. 
<laughs> so that was my first encounter with her. And then I, I would run into her places. And there was a New Year's Eve party uh, at Melissa Manchester's house. And Jose Ibert, the hairdresser, brought Betty Davis. And she sat in a wing chair smoking. Uh, and she was in her, in her, her, the period of wearing all that, that stuff by the, the guy in Paris who did put buttons on everything. He was a, a black guy, a black American living in Paris, and he got a big reputation, and, and buttons were his signature. And she's sitting, she's got buttons, a hat, huge <laughs> colored buttons and all that, and she's sitting there. And uh, and uh, I came over to her and I said, I said, Betty, I want to say something to you I've always wanted to say. And she kind of looked up at me and I said, Happy New Year's Eve! <laughs> <laughs> She looked at me. She went, ha! "Yeah, no, she, had, she had a great sense of humor." Yeah, she did have a great sense of humor. We had a wallpaper store on Robertson Boulevard called Designs by Wall Illusion. Well, we had a lot of celebrities that came in, you know, to buy wall covering. One, and I knew Betty before that from the Bing Theater at the museum in, in L.A. She came in the showroom. And I looked, I said, oh, my God, Betty, how are you? Bah, 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 bah. She said, I'm here looking for wallpaper for my bathroom. So I said, OK, what would you like? And I'm showing her these ugly designs of the day, which were all psychedelic, you know, vinyls and tin foils and stuff. And she just picked one out. And I said, you know, it comes in a toilet seat as well. A <laughs> no, it was a foam rubber toilet seat covered in vinyl. And it was soft. And I said, look, squeeze it. And she did. She said, oh then I could read my scripts in comfort. Because <laughs> half of them were shitty. She had a great sense of humor. We, Lee Winkler calls me up of Global, and Lee, my best friend, and he said to me, Ron, I know you love Betty. We're having lunch with her with a couple of producers. Do you want to come? I said, yeah, I'd love to. Are you kidding? He said, we're going to have lunch at Le Moustache. I got to Le Moustache, and Betty has on a trench coat jacket with a pot hat pulled down, big sunglasses, no lipstick. And we're sitting there talking, and everything is fine. Then she wanted more coffee, so she turned around and she said, more coffee! The minute she opened that mouth and put the lipstick on, I never forget it, lipstick like, look, one round circle. The fags came over, the queens were screaming, Miss Davis, I love you, I adore you. And you know what she was saying? Of course you do. Of course. <laughs> of course. Really? She was wonderful. She she yeah. was she she didn't like phonies. You had to be regular with her. You had to be yeah. straight down yeah. with her. You couldn't bullshit her. She hated that. She was she she was very proud and saying she's a yank. Okay, so my turn. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of sci-fi fans uh, that watch the show, and we have a question actually in the chat room, and since uh, I'm interested in it too, we're going to bring it up. It says, you wrote for the Star Wars Holiday Special. Did you get to work with George Lucas, and whose idea or vision was it to create a variety show for Star Wars? Uh, <laughs> well, sort of George's idea, and I did work with George, but not a lot because he, he didn't like what was happening, and he kind of ankled. Um, but first, I, sh I should say, I I've written a book, which will be out next year, about all these shows that people ask me about on podcasts. The, the Paul and Halloween special Star Wars It's called It Seemed Like a Bad Idea at the Time. And so it'll, it'll be out next year, and I tell the stories of all these things. Listen, when it but, comes out, wait, hang on. When it comes out, you're coming back to Bruce. Yes, thank you very much. So uh, it was it was George's, George wanted to stir the pot because 
uh, Star Wars had been out 18 months and he was about to start shooting The Empire Strikes Back and he wanted something to keep the public's mind on Star Wars and sell a couple of more action figures and whatnot. And so he had he had had a whole bunch of ideas and he'd sold them all off. And this was the last one. Uh, he wanted to do an original musical. And I think he was confused uh, that he thought that a variety special could be an original musical. I don't know why. Maybe he had seen uh, Julie Andrews and Cinderella and, <laughs> and thought they're all like this. I don't know. But so he came. He came with this idea, and of course CBS grabbed it because it was uh, it, you know Star Wars was in the zeitgeist. And uh, I, I think if George uh, knew that he wanted to really wanted to do an original musical, he would not have sold them an idea that starred the Wookiees, uh, who are, were, are characters who can't sing, dance, act, bear mind, they can barely walk two feet in front of them because of the costumes. And, and they make they make no known, they make, they sound like fat people having orgasms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. So right for this. So anyway, that was what we were handed. And uh, it, it, we had to people it with uh, with other stars to, and, you know, to make it, to make it go at all. But the other thing I always have to point out to sci-fi fans particularly is back then, two things. One, it was the 70s. And, if, you know, I always say if you can remember the 70s, you weren't there. And second, <laughs> we, we were, you know, somewhat baked most of the time. And secondly, Star Wars had not yet become the Scientology of the nerds. Which like is what it became after the first three movies were exposed on uh, VHS. And then the internet came in, and suddenly every they found this uh, Star Wars holiday special and said, "George, how could you betray us?" At the time, Star Wars was a, a, a box office phenomenon, but a lot of people just said it's a, it's a, a summer picture. It's a, a, you know, and it was uh, older older audiences recognized all of those techniques from the Republic serials that they used to go to when they were kids on Saturday morning the wipes and the, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was almost like he was doing a parody of a Republic serial, and, which is how Raiders of the Lost Ark started also. It was based on Republic serials. So, um, uh, so it, it was now, 45 years later, we, I keep telling people, if we'd known we'd be talking about this, we might have paid closer attention. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> but um, it's no one ever expected that it would still be around. And in fact, I am in a movie, a documentary about the show. It's called A Disturbance in the Force. And it is making its way around the festival circuits. Oh, uh, that's it's, it's been all over. The, I'm also in a picture of that Studio One called Studio One Forever, which is also making the round of the festival circuits. But the gay so bar. I, have, I have many openings. Sorry? You're talking about the gay bar in L.A., Studio One? Yes, yeah. What's yeah. that? A documentary on Studio? It's a documentary called Studio One Forever. Oh, I, I used to live in that club. Are you kidding? Well, you'll get a kick out of it then. It's, it's actually very well made. It's very, it's very strangely moving. Merv Griffin was in there with his lover, boy, guy, young fella, and they had a fight. And uh -huh. the young stormed off and went into the men's room. And Merv Griffin ran into the men's room after him, and they were fighting and fighting and fighting. And then as Merv was leaving the men's room, he passed a group of us, and I heard him say to one of his people, oh, now they're going to think I'm gay. 
Blackwell, Mr. Blackwell, Richard was my dearest and best friend in the world. I mean, Richard and I were like brothers. And uh, Richard knew Merv really well. And we were in the Cafe Roma one night, and the limo pulls up with Merv in it, with two gorgeous guys, one on each side, young fellas. So Merv Griffin knew how to live. The best part is that nobody believed that he was gay. And I yeah, told well, he was he had Ava Gabor working was, on his side. And also he was married, he was married, he had grown children, yeah, and all was, of that. So, and it was a different era. Yeah, it was I, a different era. I was I was married for 16 years. I have two daughters, grown daughters. But um my point bringing out is we all knew that Rock was gay. I mean, there's no question about that. Mm -hmm. And oh, I knew all, listen, I, I'm, I'm old as the fucking hills. I was a young fella, 18, 17 years old, hanging out with all these young star guys, you know, all the guys that wanted to be actors. My first movie was with Sophia and Tab Hunter in 59, imagine, 1959. So I was so Hollywood. That, in that kind of woman, was that you? Yes. That's it, me, how'd you know that? I knew Tab. Uh, I, saw you I, know, I, I know Sophia and I know Tab. And uh, I Tab for years. Tab yeah. and I were wonderful. They gave you a special thanks. I saw it on IMDb for Tab, Tab Hunter Confidential, the documentary oh, right. on you Tab. Were, you were oh, there it. was a documentary, yeah, uh, that uh, Jeffrey Schwartz made about Tab, which I don't think, I, I think I was away when he was shooting it. I think I was doing hairspray or something when he was shooting it. That kind of woman was shot in Long Beach, Long Island. I was 19 years old, and I was so starstruck. I knew Tab was gay, mm -hmm. but you couldn't say anything. I knew I knew all the people that were gay in Hollywood at the time, and who were switch hitters. You know, Joan Crawford was banging everybody. She wanted to bang Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was screwing half the women and men. I mean, it was notorious. They talk about Hollywood today was nothing. You should have been around in Hollywood late, uh, early 50s, no, early 50s. Middle 50s, early 60s, it was unbelievable. Actually, you guys aren't that far off different in age. I'm 83, no way near I'm 70, I just turned 76. That was the national holiday. So, you old bitch, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. But, you know, that was because it was, it was a much younger You see, you get like some teenage model. <laughs> you were fabulous. You were absolutely great. And no work. No, no work. That's great. Knock wood. No, it's it's Italo Hebraic. I haven't either, but you know, you look amazing. No, but it's Italo Hebraic genes. I always yeah, say. Yeah, I think so. You should go back. You mentioned before because, like, uh, everybody everybody knows what hairspray is, and you actually you were on hairspray. You did. You were in the Turnblad and hairspray on Broadway, and also didn't you tour with it also? And did a wonderful. I did a year on the road. I played the Pantages with, with, uh, out here, and. Um, and then I did a year on Broadway. Yeah, and you got do it in a minute. It's, it was my favorite thing ever. It was it was no. put an OCD button I didn't know I had. <laughs> Bruce, there's the public that gets reviews, and then there's the queens that give reviews. The queen mm -hmm. reviews are the underground secret reviews that we know about. Like they'll say, "Oh, she was horrible. They should have shot that bitch." Yeah, stuff like that. You got good reviews on that. I remember the queens were saying. Oh, she's a camp. She blah, 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 blah. No, so you you get good reviews. Nice to hear. You good. Listen, I don't fight. I don't phony anybody. If you if you stink, I don't say anything. I just let it go. But when you're good, you're good. I was so excited to have you on our show. No bullshit. <clears throat>
because I admired you for years and years. And everybody always and asks years, if we know you. And years. People have been around for years. People do ask People always ask if we know and you. And I well, say, I know. you know what? I think you were at the Manhattan Center when I was there. We missed. I think at Betty Davis's, Betty Davis's apartment was 4F. When I went up there, I said to her, I said, oh, lucky you're in the, at the colony on Havenhurst. I said, oh, your apartment is 4F. She started to laugh. She by the way knew what I was saying. The one thing I said to her was, how is it that you can inhale a cigarette and drink scotch at the same time? Years of practice. Years of practice. <laughs> she gave me those quick one-liners. Anyway, you are a great celebrity. You're a fabulous comedian. You're a great entertainer. And and everybody loves you. So what the fuck more do you want? Maybe a hot guy with, uh, I don't know, a nice 25 <laughs> You know, hot number with mm -hmm, never heard Please a girl. Send them my way. <laughs> never heard a girl. But so, so I, have what, a wait, I want to know what's coming up that I have to meet you in. I want to meet you in person. Hey, if that moron that lives in Palm Springs here, Bruce, not Bruce, um, Steve, uh, Steve knows you. Why can't I? <laughs> well, we work together. That's that's how. I mean, I met him fifty years ago. I know. When we were both writing the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Oh, that's hilarious. Another, another thing that's we, in the book. We know the, the girl. rare genius. We know the girl who played Jan in that. I forgot her name now. But he talks Jerry, about fake Jan, Jerry Reichel. Yeah, Jerry Reichel. Yeah, she was fake Jan because Eve Plum wouldn't do it. Eve, I have a 40 share Plum. She had become a TV movie star and she felt the Brady Bunch was beneath her. I interviewed so her. I'll tell you a story. We got fake Jan, but. Uh, it was Jerry, who was a lovely girl and a lovely woman, but uh, it was yes. between her and another actress who uh, became Kathy Hilton, Paris Hilton's mother. Oh, wow. He was the competition, Jerry and Kathy. And I, uh, to this day, whenever I run into Kathy Hilton, she says to me, I dodged a bullet, didn't I? <laughs> Jerry was very nice, and I interviewed her. I liked her a lot. So I have a question. I've never seen Celebrity Fit Club, but what did you do on Celebrity right. Fit Club? Well, I lost 21 pounds, which I found. Oh, which I found. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was uh, a ridiculous 100-day shoot. It was insane. Uh, uh, my, uh, it was a while back. Uh, for how I know this, uh, my team captain was... Uh, was Chas Chastity Bono, who was still Chastity at the time. Right. We called we called her Chaz, uh, but I knew her from when she was a baby because I wrote for Sonny and Cher and Sonny without right. Cher and Cher without Sonny and Sonny and Cher. We hate each other, but we owe the network money. And we're doing it again. I wrote for every variation of that, right. and Chaz was was always around, uh, and we were friends. And uh, she was my team captain, and we had Kelly LeBrock. We had some people who needed to lose like ten pounds, like Kelly LeBrock. Need to lose ten pounds. I Me, her. I need to lose ten hundred pounds. But <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. We had a lot of rappers. We, I mean, uh, we had uh, just names like Contessa Vaughn, Young MC. Um, it was it was ridiculous. You know, we we did uh, uh, every weekend. We would we were on diets. So every weekend we would meet on, uh, at Celebrity Fit Camp, and they would make <laughs> us do stunts, which which I wouldn't do, or I would pretend <laughs> to do. And then the next day we met at that convent up in Los Feliz that Katy Perry bought. 
it was it was a convent at the time, and the nuns let us shoot there on a Sunday, which I thought, hmm, I yes. know these nuns. Yeah. Make them change on a Sunday. So we sat there, and that was where they did all the, the, the um, dramatic confrontation scenes and all that. But I learned from that show that, re- that the first rule of reality TV is nothing is real. Oh, yes. Everything. Yeah, I mean, they would come over and they would say, did you hear what Kelly said about you? She said, you know, I said, look, you want me to be to play that I'm angry with Kelly? I'm a, I'm, I'm a member. I'm in SAG-AFTRA. I'm on a contract. I'll <laughs> act angry. Don't try and make me angry. We're all pros. This is not the biggest loser, which is, you know, which is a whole bunch of fat people who fell off the truck who are, you know, they're, that, that, that you can you can make amateurs do anything because they're on TV. They're on TV all the time. I said, why not Bruce, you yourself Bruce, I love you. I really love you. I honestly do. I haven't laughed like this in so long. Thank you so much. I really do love you. Okay, I have to meet you in person. We have to meet. That's got to be. I know everybody. So well, I, I will. Do. I will come to the desert. I do that. I do Please. that periodically for I one thing. Know you're coming. I'll make a wonderful Italian Jewish dinner. I make fabulous. I, no, I really I do. I make crepla with uh, Italian food together. Crepla and t- delicious. You'll love the it. way it's meant to be. The, the way. way it's meant to be. Yes. Well, I'm an Italian Jew, so I like love it. But listen, so you guys, we can't tell yeah. you where to go see Bruce on social media because he doesn't really check him anyway. So, what should people be looking out for you? Uh, what's coming well, if up? You're gonna be, if you're going to be in in London in the spring, I wrote a musical with Dolly Parton, which awesome. we've been doing around the country. Wow. Uh, it's called "Here You Come Again: How Dolly Saved My Life and Twelve Easy Lessons." Twelve easy songs. <laughs> And we did it around the country regionally in five different theaters, and now we're taking it to Britain in the spring. And uh, it's about a gay guy who's 40, uh, a comic who's never happened, working at a comedy club in New York. COVID hits, the club closes, and he has to quarantine in the attic of his parents' home in Longview, Texas, where he has an intimate relationship with his imaginary friend, Dolly Parton. Oh, Oh, that's that's good. Sounds it's really- a two-character thing with five musicians, and uh, it really is fun. It really is good. She's not in it. We have a fabulous actress named Trisha Paoluccio who plays her, who had would, had done Dolly in 9 to 5, the musical, in various productions. And so we're going to do it over there. So if you can look for that, or you can look for the book, or or go on wegotbruce.com, because the, the, the guy who runs it, it's a fan site, but he knows where I, I check in every day to see what I'm doing. <laughs> I saw that and I thought, okay, I don't think this is actually his site. I didn't think that it was actually your no, site. I, I, no, it's it's a fan site. He uh, he ran a uh, he also runs a Bette Midler fan site called Bootleg Betty, and that was he started. You know, I was he, I kept making appearances through him on that, and he said, "I'm going to do a website for you." So okay, we got Bruce.com, you guys. If you want to know what's yeah. going on, with Bruce, check out his fan site that knows where he. Hey, that's funny that you said that I check in. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> have, have you seen Renee Taylor's play show? Yes, I Same. saw it in Delaware. We followed her into the theater in Wilmington, Delaware, with right. the Dolly Show. Yeah, it's hilarious. I may be making a movie with her soon. She plays my oh, love. She plays my love, Renee. And Joe, of course, was wonderful. You knew Joe too. I, I knew them both. Yeah, Joe was oh, terrific. Oh, sweetheart, the nicest. She's amazing. I'm delighted. She keeps on keeping on. That's great. Absolutely, Renee? yes. That's great. Oh, you know, you know, Renee, 
Joe, I'm hungry. Yeah. Joey. I have Joey, help me cut this meat, Joey. Very right. tough. Right. <laughs> I am dying already. I'm fainting. I'm shit. <laughs> I am in. We have a movie she's what? in that we like a lot. She only has a small part, but she's in Boynton Beach Club. We've seen it twice where she oh, like yeah. she runs the guy over, you know, in her car. I love uh, that. And it's hilarious. It's a very fun movie with a lot of cool I, people. I've in been it. out with Renee and Joe a lot of times, and I used to sit there and study her because I couldn't believe her. I'm tired. I want to go home. Ron, any steak joints around? Where I, I want a steak. <laughs> She's just funny without being funny. She's like you. She's just a funny lady. Right. The funniest I, thing was when she would do the nanny with Fran. Yes, with Fred. That was yes. And the old lady. I mean, when the three of them were on, it was absolutely like That show was wonderful, too. As good as the Golden Girls. So, Bruce, thank you so, so much for coming out. We have to go because our next guest is in the wings. We have to go because Natalie's waiting. I saw that in the chat. Yes, she's, Natalie is waiting. And uh, thank you so much. Congratulations Bruce, you. on all your success. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Happy Monday. Right. Oh, yeah. Happy Monday. And stay healthy. Stay well. You, you should too. Live. Wonderful. You should only make a fortune of money, and you should only find a love that knocks you off your head. <laughs> I should on you. I'm holding open call auditions. Okay. <laughs> and I only want one day to meet you. We I, will. We'll I want to give you. I want to give you. All right. Thank you, Bruce. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank What a lovely guy. Yeah. I knew he was. Everyone has told me that he is the sweetest guy in the world, and it's true. So what all a right. nice interview that was. So now we're going to bring on our next guest. Come on and bring her in. Right. Hello, Natalie. How are you? Well, this one's a good looker. Look at her. <laughs> Thank you. Right back girl. at you. Right back at you. You're hey, all right, everybody. Now that we know we can hear you. You're beautiful and you're not blonde. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, award-winning actress, filmmaker, and musician, Natalie Denise Sproul. Hello and welcome to the show. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much. This is my cool, outrageous man co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, hey. Sexy. You said. You said. I believe it now. Yeah, I told you that he was sexy. <laughs> you know, all the girls that come on are blonde, and they're all beautiful blondes. Very few brunettes are beautiful. You know that. And you happen to be a Linda Darnell kind of beauty. Who? Okay. Linda Darnell was, no. no. Movie star of the 1940s. Okay. But, you, you, you know, it's very difficult to be sexy and beautiful as a brunette. Jane Russell did. You know who she is? No. I do, I do, I do. I was oh. named after Natalie Wood. Oh, uh, see, okay, good. So another okay. beautiful brunette. Yeah. Another brunette, yeah. <clears throat> Not so too many. We have a chat room full of people. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody in the chat room. Hey, yeah. All right, you guys. So Natalie uh, uh, started as a fashion model. She modeled in Paris, London, Milan. Uh, <laughs> she also did commercials. I'm going to assume that that's you in that Coors Light. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
thing behind you. It you is. I'm, I'm trying to hide some. Uh, I'm in a. I'm in an accounting office in Minnesota. Exciting. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to hide some uh, paperwork and and you know. That that, that was very nice though. No, she also, it's a great poster. You also. Uh, uh, Coors Coors Light. The uh, big campaign for the Super Bowl, directed by Michael Bay, who you may know. And it starred myself and Kid Rock, who you oh, also know. I love Kid Rock. Before he got weird. Before he got weird. This oh, I like it weird, too. <laughs> are you married? No. God, no. You're not married? No. Are you asking? All, all, the, men in, <laughs> all the men in the our audience are going to kill themselves now. <laughs> yeah, they actually like probably I can't believe will. it. You know what? My daughter also was second runner-up Miss America. She looks like Grace Kelly and is not married. Well, you know, why? I don't see the point. She's beautiful, like you. My daughter said to me, Daddy, when a guy takes me to a movie on the first date, I'll go out with him. They always bring her to parties to show their buddies, their friends. Look what I got. Yeah. To show off. Oh, I'm sure that happens for wait, you, wait. too. Does that happen with you guys just go out with you to show you off? Probably. I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of, I just think a lot of women are just kind of over it, you know? So it's like, eh, just over. It's too much, too much to deal with, too much work. It's like, I'm happier without all that stuff that comes with it. That's what I think. My daughter said, I don't want a husband. I got to worry. He's going to cheat on me. He does this. He does that. I said, you have a low opinion of men. She said, well, show me a guy that had, that I could. I said, me. She said, daddy, you're gay. I, said, <laughs> I know. I know. Look, if I would, look, if a gay guy wants to marry me, I'll, I'll take the call. You know? <laughs> so let's brag. Saying? I'm going to brag a little for you. All I, I need is a vibrator and some white wine. That's all. Vibrator <laughs> and white wine. Perfect. I love it. I so, love you it. guys, let's brag a little. hassles. Some of the things that you guys no have seen, seen Natalie in. Um, she On TV, you've seen her in NCIS, Corey in the House, Two and a Half Men, CSI Miami, How I Met Your Mother, Unhitched, a movie called Rock Monster. And the reason I brought it up is because we've had both Chad Collins and Alicia Logano have been guests on our show. Oh, you're, they're your co-stars in the film. Um, yes, and do you know, I'm sure you probably know or known or have met John Polito, right? No, I don't know John Polito. You don't. Well, he passed away, sadly, but, you know, he was talking about camp with Bruce. You know, he was. Oh, okay. John was very camp, like off, off screen, of course, but he was on that shoot and we shot that in Bulgaria. Um, but he was a, he was a riot. John Polito, he was a riot. She was also, you guys, in the remake of Around the World in 80 Days. She was the hot chick with Jim Broadbent, Richard Branson, Jackie Chan, and Steve Coogan. Little Black Book with Brittany Murphy, Holly Hunter, Kathy Bates, and Stephen Tobolowski, who's been on the show. Um, Love him. Uh, Succubus Hellbent with Lorenzo Lamas, because Ron's friends with him. Uh, Gary Busey, who I used to be friends with. Um, David Keith and Kelly Hugh. Um Altered Geist with Christina Annapau, who she was on our show back when she was on True Blood. Uh, Everlasting with Elizabeth Rome, Courtney Palm, Robert Lozardo, and Bai Ling. And Elizabeth Rome and Courtney Palm have been on the show, and Robert Lozardo's coming on the show. Right. Uh, and Bai Ling is one person we've never actually like met, even though we run in the same circle. We've never, kind of like the same with Bruce Valanche, we've never actually run. You know, we've never met him, even though we know all the same people. Um, and... A story about Larry, uh, uh, Lorenzo, 
His mother and I, Arlene, were good friends when she was alive. Arlene Dahl. Actually, if she knows, do you know who Arlene Dahl is? Arlene Dahl was a famous actress famous from the movie 50s. movie star, and she's Lorenzo Lamas' mom. And I, he was between wives. And I said to Arlene, I said, my daughter's single. Why don't we fix Lorenzo up with my daughter Leslie? And Arlene said, Ron, I wouldn't wish it on Leslie. She's such a nice girl. <laughs> she said, my son is insane. If a woman doesn't swing from a pole with fake tits, she's not interested. <laughs> he only liked the cheesiest, sluttiest looking broads there were. Yeah, that's that was that's how he rolled. No, no, he was he was cool on the set. He was fun. You know, that was a fun shoot. That was that was crazy. And Kelly Hugh was in that as well. We I, met her I, at an Oscar I, party. I, I tell everybody, if anybody said, is Lawrence Lorenzo gay? I said, gay. He's the straightest guy I know. You know why? Publicly, he hugs me and kisses me. We take pictures together. That's what straight guys do. Closet yeah. queens or guys that are afraid they're going to be known, stay away. So yeah. Larry, Larry is absolutely the most heterosexual man I have ever met. Oh, that was the same way with the guy from Avatar, Stephen Lang. Like Stephen, Stephen Lang, Lang danced a, with him. They danced together. Yeah, Stephen Lang. <laughs> so that's how you know. Yeah, which is the most most straight thing you could do. <laughs> oh, really? The, yeah. the, guys, the guys that I think are fags are the ones that hate gay people. And they wear, and they look, and they, you know, they look all, you know. Macho, yeah, super yeah. macho. They're the ones to be aware of. I like love it. So you guys, I met Natalie originally. Because she has a brand new movie that's out right now. It's on Tubi, Amazon Prime, and someplace else. I forgot. And the name of the, the name of the film is Night of the Caregiver, and it stars. Oh, I just saw something and, about and, that. Uh, and so you are the star of the movie, and the other people that are in the movie with you are Eileen Dietz, who's a friend of ours, yeah. and Eric Roberts, who's a friend of ours. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it, and then we're going to play the trailer so people can I, see I it. I just read about you this morning on Facebook. Now I know. Okay. <laughs> Night of the Caregiver, yes, I'm um, the good girl in this one. I'm usually the bad girl. I'm the good girl in this one. I play a hospice nurse. And um, opposite Eileen Dietz from The Exorcist and many, many other films, as you know. Um, and we had such a ball. I mean, we, we broke character so many times and had laughing, you know, spits of laughter. And I peed in my uh, scrubs a few times. Like, it was like, <laughs> Eileen has a wild story. It was a fast shoot. It was, you know, what you're seeing might be the second or first take. You know, that's, you know, that was a quick turnaround shoot. It was, you know, let's go, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was a fun shoot. It was in a, in a big house uh, in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, we were all together for, for, for the time that we made that and the short time that we made that. And uh, I, I think it's great. I mean, it's kind of like the house is almost a character, you could say. Um, it's kind of Hitchcock in that way. Um, yeah, it's it was a great. Uh, you'll have to see it to see what what happens. Oh, if, they have, if they have a red carpet, are you going to go? They oh, yeah. Oh, they I, have don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if they had a red carpet, but the movie's already out. The oh, movie's out. So if there was a red carpet, we would have been invited because we cover every red carpet. <laughs> No, we, we do cover. No, that's true. So hold on. I wanted to cover this one because yes. I read it yes. this morning. Yes, one. Yes. What, what is it? Is has it a private release or a, a public well, it's, release? It's on Tubi. Oh, it's uh, out. Of I, I it's a distributor. It is out. It is out on uh, Tubi, Vudu, Amazon Prime. I don't. Uh, I believe because it was when COVID hit and whatever, so that we didn't really get to have a premiere. So oh, it was pushed back to be released. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, I that. thought it was a recent shot because I, I just saw Eileen a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and it was just released, just newly released, yes. And she never mentioned it. And that's why I was wondering. Just got released. How come she didn't say, like, you know, see you guys at the premiere? No. But so that's now okay. you solved a problem for me. So now we're going to play the trailer, you guys. Um, uh, Juan, you got it, right? I think you do. So, Sounds like so you guys, script. this is the brand new film. It's out now, available for everybody to see. It's a horror thriller starring Natalie Denise Squirrel along with uh, Eileen Dietz and Eric Roberts. Uh, enjoy the trailer and you hang on. We'll be right back. Part of a caregiver's job should be good company, and you certainly are that. You okay? I keep dreaming things or seeing things. I, I don't know which it is. I don't believe in ghosts. Sounds like they believe in you. I'm chasing down an urban legend. I know which one you mean. Though you should know it's just that. An urban legend. Is there anyone else inside this house? There's nobody here but you and me. I've seen it with my own eyes. It wasn't a bad dream. It's not my imagination. I'm telling you the truth. like a good one. Eric looks great in it, too. Yeah, I like Eric's hair. I used to wear mine like that all over the place. You I'm going to go back. You have nice hair, I was going to say. You have yeah. very and, nice. I, and Eileen looked good, the old bitch. Wait till I see. I got to tell her. Yeah, she does. Good she enough. Was so funny. She had me peeing in my pants. I mean, we literally broke. That's one of the wildest senses of humor. She Sometimes you don't know if she's being mean or funny. She's just funny. <laughs> oh, I know Eileen for a long time. So we're good friends. We're very close. I, I uh, uh, do. I wanted to do like. Do you like horror movies? Uh, you've done a few horror movies, but you've also done a lot of comedy and a lot of other stuff. Um, are you? A yeah, I mean, I was, it's yeah. I've sort of done it all. I really wanted to be Chelsea Handler. You know, I really would love would have loved to have that career. And I because I knew when I started, it's like, well, everybody wants to be Angelina Jolie, and everybody wants to be you know at the time whatever, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow. So I thought, let me do comedy so I could stand out. You know, let me try that. And at the time, it was like, it was hard for, you know, the the, the cute girls to do comedy because at that point, it still wasn't really accepted. And it was like, wow, what are you so mad about? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, don't you hate it when you go to a shoot? And it's like, I don't even remember what my premises were, but like, don't you hate it when you're modeling? And it did. it's like, nobody understands what I'm talking about, you know? So, but you stand up, don't you? You also do stand I up. I stand up for a hot minute. I tried. I thought, let me. That's maybe a better, you know, angle to get in through comedy. And so I did do some stand up. I took Judy Carter's class. Like I love Judy. Took her class, and uh, the the finale of the class was like, you know, we each get like three minutes at the Improv in Hollywood. So that was cool. That was like my first stand up sort of class. And then from there, I did a few like open mics, you know. 
Um, but that's kind of a tough road because everyone in LA, all the all the uh, audience at the open mics are other comics. So they're, they're all just kind of standing there like. <laughs> I, I did stand up. You're not going to get a laugh at all. So you, you can't you can't test your you know you know what I'm saying. So yeah, he did stand up for 45 years. I did stand up comedy. Stand comedy. It's the highest form of art, I think. Anyway. I couldn't do it anymore because my humor would offend everybody. Everybody's too sensitive. Oh, yeah. So the oh, way yeah. I work no. the way I used to work. I work. You can't be a comic today. It's too hard. Yeah. I worked in drag as Jane Russell because I could look like her, believe me. Uh, and I jokes about myself. I said, I admit that my breasts have sagged some. This morning I was shaving my ankle and I cut my nipple. Now, you can't do those kind of jokes anymore because, first of all, they're corny. Secondly, they offend women. You can't say women's breasts droop or fall. It's, they, you can't do it. So, And then if you say to women they're beautiful, th that goes against you're not allowed to say women are beautiful. Yeah, we got in trouble. We had one show I, where yeah. we had two beautiful actresses like you, and we told them they were beautiful, and they got super No, offended. the one girl was breath. <laughs> she was a breathtaking blonde. She was absolutely Swedish and stunning. And I had to tell her, I said, you are absolutely one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And she was highly insulted and angry because it puts down women that are not beautiful. Huh, so because all the ugly broads are going to be hurt. So if a woman was born ugly, too bad, live with it. Not everybody's <laughs> born beautiful. So I can't get, listen, I can't compliment you and make well, you Well, we do compliment you up. anyway. No, I don't give a shit. I, I compliment you because you're beautiful and you deserve the compliment because you're a feast. You're a feast. When I look at you, I, I see a feast. When I look at an ugly woman, I don't think anything, but maybe she has a nice personality. So too bad to all the ugly chicks that can't look like you. <laughs> I agree, though, actually. I, I agree. But if I, no. Well, if I had the money, I could look like that. Yeah, but you have to get your ass in the gym, and you've got to you know, <laughs> you gotta do exactly. a lot of things to and, do and it. And it has I'd love to eat. I'd love to eat cheeseburgers and pizza now too all the time. But I, you know, I sacrifice so that I can look. Do you work out every day? Yes, every day. <laughs> it's, not about, it's not about your body because your body you can control your face you have cheekbones you have a lovely nose you don't have a, a big potato you have a nice nose you have a beautiful smile with good teeth you have lovely eyes cheap teeth though but your eyes kind of like factory teeth eyes are very sexy and mysterious they are very alluring is the word these are mine, yeah. Thank so you. you're just a beautiful girl. You couldn't get that face in a gym, honey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you. Uh, I have a question for you because you're you're like a uh, you do everything. And so, I'm gay, so it's not like I'm trying to hit on you. Or make I know. You, oh, I, that's, oh, yeah, that's a real compliment. So you're also a singer. You have a band called Kill My Coquette. How did that name come <laughs> about? There's my CD. There's your CD, you guys. Kill My Coquette. Oh, it's flicked. I know that was good. There no, you go. No, it's reflecting. Okay, there you go. Like there that. Go. There you go. Perfect. Kill my so coquette. Coquette is French for flirt. Coquette. It was like a '60s term in pulp, pulp fiction and and, and, and literature and stuff. And uh, Brigitte Bardot was a coquette. Uh, you know, flirt. So I thought, oh, kill my coquette. I thought it'd be funny because I was like, what's the name of that? Kill my cokehead. I was like, oh, that's funny, yeah, because that'll be like 
the slang that we can, that's funny. <laughs> Everybody likes Coke joke. So kill my coquette was the thing. I literally have a list in my phone of cool band names that I was doing for months and months before I picked kill my coquette, which okay. is probably the worst one I could pick because most people can't pronounce it. So there you go. Oh, I, I, I always think of it as, like as food, like isn't there a lot, lot of coquette? When I was a kid, there was some place that we would go. It's a, it's a game called croquette. No, 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 no I'm not thinking that. Ball. I knew because I knew no, croquette. No, croquette is the food. Cro yeah. croquette, but this is coquette. Yes, yeah, so yeah, croquette. I said it right. Though. I don't know. You know, I think it sounds cool. I don't. Know. What do you? What? Do you, what genre do you consider your band? Probably rock, punk, punk rock, punk, punk rock. Okay. I, I actually, so I, I, I gave, I gave our engineer two videos. Uh, okay. We're gonna play one of them just so people can hear your music, and you can tell me which one is better that you like better. I picked one of them just because it had uh, the actor in it. But hang on, I have Third and Donnie Bray, or I have Miss Malicious. Which one do you think is a best representation of your music? Oh boy, probably the first one, Third and Bonnie Bray. Okay, and Third and Bonnie Bray has Stephen Bauer in in the it intro. Does. Yes, he was Manny and Scarface. Yes, it was Manny and Scarface. So I obviously you know him. I know him. You know him? Uh, we know him. Yeah, he was coming on the show, but something happened, and we have to reschedule. But he also did a film for with another friend of ours that we're doing a film with. And I was somewhere with him, where I was not allowed to let him know that I knew who he was. Oh, it was a recovery. My sister-in-law was twenty-five years clean, and I went to the meeting. For her birthday cake. Okay. And, and I said, oh, Stephen. <laughs> You're not supposed to do We're that. We're not supposed to know that I'm there. <laughs> so That's I started to laugh. And he sat right behind me, a mistake. And I kept turning around to chatting. And they said, shh, shh, shh. I like, love it. So you guys. He's a nice guy, by the way. He was really great because I, so I directed that video as well. And I wrote, I wrote the video, essentially. It's not just like a little sm short film kind of before the song. I mean, he's a very handsome, sexy guy, too. Yeah, and I got to get these funny uh, lines to say the stuff that he says, you know. It's, I wrote that. It's kind of funny. One, like, of my, one of my favorite 80s movies is this movie called Gleam in the Cube, and it's a Christian Slater skateboard movie, and he plays the FBI agent in it. And, you know, so I've always liked him since then. Not so much from Scarface, but from Gleam in the Cube. But so you guys said that the name of the band is Kill My Coquette. We're going to play uh, a so uh, one of the videos. The song is called Third and Donnie Bray. It has like a minute or a minute and a half movie before the video comes on. And um, and we're going to play it for you guys. And then you hang on and we're going to come right back. This way everybody gets to hear your music. You guys, so check it out. This is Kill My, Kill My Coquette, Third and Donnie Bray. Enjoy. <laughs> Now that, my man, is a cat. So, I thought I was lucky. Decided to play the ponies at Santa Anita, right? Got a tip on a pony. Big time. 10 Gs, right? Wrong. Little did I know that Red Hot Philly Peppers rider tied one on in Hollywood last night. He could barely stay on the mare. Freaking jockeys. Uh. 
Yeah, I definitely should take up yoga. Uh. Now tell me something good. You got Natalie, right? Yeah, yeah, tonight. In the valley. Take cold water. Good. <laughs> she thinks she could borrow 50 G's from me to start up her rock and roll band and not pay me back a dime in interest? Little does she know what she's got coming to her. Just tell me you got this. I got it. to adult contemporary but when i was younger i was a clothing designer and uh, i did a really big show uh a fashion show before the dam played at this really cool club really? Um, and when i was in college it was for abraham lincoln's uh, election no it was the dam they came over from the uk and they asked us to and we did a really wild show where we had like 
fetish. I made fetish wear and all kinds of stuff, and people had like dildos on drills spinning around. I mean, it was a really wild show because it was the damned. Um, but I also used to. Uh, I went to school in college. And, was it? Uh, was it no, it was in. Uh, I lived in Florida. Actually, Florida, okay. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But I also used to hang out a lot with um, the Dead Kennedys. Like I went to University of Florida, and like the Dead Kennedys were big when I was in college. Um, and so I used to listen to a lot of that music. Now I fucking listen to Barry Manilow. <laughs> I'm old, but I loved it. And the video had such great artist. You know, it's very artistic. Everything that you do is very artistic because your other this malicious video is that way also. Yeah, we shot that video actually at, I don't know if you know this rock band called the Foo Fighters. Yes. Everybody so we knows. Shot that at their, yeah, we shot that video at their rehearsals, uh, rehearsal space in um, in the Valley. In, in, Do you uh, actually know the Foo Fighters? Uh, Rami actually is the key- keyboard player for them. And uh, yes, I do. Um, and he is, he played keyboards on the song, The Metro. We, we did a cover of Berlin's song, The Metro. Riding on the metro, you know, yeah, that's right. in the 80s. So he played keys on that for us. So he's we've collabed a couple of times with those guys. Or with I'm them. a big 80s for like it. As a matter of fact, this show originally started 16 years ago as a thing, as a show to to bring on all the people from the 80s that I loved, and that's how I like started the show originally. Um, uh, because like, and I brought in all the 80s horror stars and 80s musicians and, and stuff like that because that's just kind of like my thing. And yeah. then Ron, and then Ron came on, and we expanded, and we brought some really older celebrities from his time, and then we brought on, you know, people that were a lot more famous. We got it out of just horror and brought on everybody. Yeah, when I came on, they brought Julius Caesar on and Cleopatra and, and a few <laughs> other people who were friends of mine. No, so I don't understand your music, so I have to say that I watched the video. I liked the video. That music I don't understand because it doesn't come from where I come from. I'm from Doris Dayland. Johnny Dor- Mathis, Doris, Doris Day. Is. <laughs> So I have a question. If you were going to go on tour, let's say uh, Kill My Coke Hits, and, uh, and we're going to just talk about it acting this way also. But the video Kill- is nice, and you're beautiful in it. That I like. Thank you. Kill so My Coke Hits going to go on tour, and they could like open up for any band in the world, living or dead. Who do you want to open up for? What a question. Living or dead. Wow. <laughs> what a, that's a hard one. Yeah. And why? Because it's like, well... How far back do you? Because I feel like I should find something that's sort of similar, but yet not necessarily. Because if it can be anyone, it's like it doesn't have to be a rock band. Would you open for the Beatles? No, I wouldn't either. I've never been a Beatles fan. No, no. Rolling Stones. Um, I would say probably, well, Social D, Social Distortion is one of my huge, and they're an older band too. They've been around forever, but I love uh, Social Distortion. Um, How about Mick Jagger? Yeah. He doesn't know. Then here's the next part of the question, though. Okay, so you've already worked with a lot of really cool people in Hollywood, um, and you've gotten to do some really cool things. But as an actress, bucket list, male and female actor that you would love to work with that you have not worked with yet. And then number two, if you could have ever been in any movie that's ever been made in history, what movie would you have liked to have been in? Uh, I can answer that one first. That's that would be a Casino, Martin Scorsese's Casino, the part of Sharon Stone play. Oh, that's I, a great. I would have given my 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 kidney for that part. I would. <laughs> You'd be good at that. I could tell. Yeah, you, you would have been good. You would at be that. very good. It's a great. Yes, my alcoholic kidney. 
Um, bucket list male and female that you think would be fun to work with. Wow. See that, that's dead or alive. I would have loved to. Hmm. Or you can give me a dead and alive. Well, River, River Phoenix was like back yeah. in the day, back in the nineties, you know, late, like eight, yeah. like in the nineties, River Phoenix. Like I was just obsessed. In fact, I went to the place in, on Sunset Boulevard in front of the Viper Room where, you know, you passed away. Yeah, and people I still, did that too. I actually did that too. Yeah, on Halloween to this day, people still go there and you can sort of see. Uh, well, my my daughter my daughter knew him well. And, really? And, yeah, well, she knew Joaquin and River and Rain, the whole family. And um, she said he was one of the nicest, sweetest fellows. She was heartbroken when he died. I mean, said, he was just so sweet, she said. Well, Joaquin is sweet also. I like, love it. Okay, so we have River Phoenix. Give us a female. I'd love to work with Sharon Stone. Oh, yeah, Sharon Stone's awesome. And my daughter, everybody worked for her. <laughs> my daughter, That's a different daughter. My daughter my, she has two daughters. My, That's my, a different daughter. Grace Kelly daughter, she was Sharon Stone's uh, business manager. Really? Wow. And all of Sharon Stone's affairs. Well, then you could probably make this happen then, uh, Ron. That was then, not anymore. <laughs> okay. That was about 20 years ago. Maybe. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I'm too late. Nobody's picked Sharon Stone before, though. I'm just glad you didn't say, what's the one that I can't stand everybody says? Oh. Uh, I can't think. Who's the biggest actress in the fucking planet? Everybody? Uh, Meryl Streep. Everybody always picks Meryl uh, Streep. Like, come on. I, I mean, she's a good actress. She's okay. She's all right. The best. She. I mean, there, there are other actors out there who really surpass her in, in work. Meryl Streep plays it safe. Um, the actress that I have my eye on is Michelle Dockery. Michelle, Do you know who Michelle Dockery is? Do you ever see Downton Abbey? No. Okay, she's the star of Downton Abbey, but then she did this TV show. In Downton Abbey, she played Lady Mary, quite elegant and beautiful. Then I see her in a TV series called Good Behavior, Good Behavior where she plays a prostitute, drug addict, murderer, kleptomaniac, alcoholic. She was un-fucking-believable. That's like something. What a you yeah, been, you would be good. You, you would have been, been good in that, actually. You would have picked that up in a minute. You could have worked that in a second. She and she kept changing wigs, and she was a conniver. And, and the way she would steal shit was watch awesome. It. Watch it. No, watch it. It's, a it's, on, it's actually on Max. If you have Max, the series is on Max. It, it used to be on TNT, you, but it's something you would hooked, like. You'll get hooked on it. It's only two seasons, but you would really like it. She it's was really unbelievable. Good. So we are trying to contact her to get her on the show. Because I want to promote her work. She's a brilliant actress. And she got rid of her English accent and had an American accent and then did a Southern American accent. So she's a wonderful actress. As far as I'm concerned, you could throw any script at this gal and she can do it. That's an actor. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that sounds like something like, you know, meaty and something you can like... I mean, most actors say, oh, this is not my script. It doesn't work for me. Then you're not an actor. Because... A script you have to become. If you can't become a script, you're not an actor. You can't play it yourself. You can't play yourself all the time. Right. That's more like a celebrity. Like, yes. Yeah. More like a celebrity. One thing I noticed would be like transforming. It's like, like I mean, they they want me pretty and they, they don't want me too dark or too dirty. I want to get 
you know? He's okay. But I would like to see you in a film where you're a ruthless, mean, conniving, lying bitch who uses men. That's exactly what I would do. I think you would be perfect for that. You you could really pull that off. No, really, I don't mean it. Why? Something good. Why not? The whole look, your whole personality. You could be, you could make a man crazy. And that's, no, that's a very that important, too. without being trashy now. No. I mean, make a man nuts without being crazy. crazy, but crazy smart. Yes. No, a chic. A sophisticated. No, a model. A, a New York model who knows how to work it. That's that's how I would cast you. I, I think it's very. I, cool. I wouldn't hang your tits out and do shit shit like that. None of that. Absolutely, you don't need to do that. Um, and I no, think I, that I'm really upset about. Finally, I'm getting my way, you know, because I've been petitioning. Men have to have frontal nudity because women are doing it, and women are being put down for it. Because he doesn't like the fact that fucking that they, he never that, sees men frontal. You always get to see women, but you never see men. He doesn't. And I don't want to see it because it's, I'm getting off from it. What I mean is, I want to equalize it. If a woman has to show herself naked, then a man should show himself naked. But they don't show the men because they keep them higher than the woman. The woman's nothing. She's a tramp, a slut, a piece of shit. Let it spread her legs, show her pussy. Who cares? But they won't let a man do it, and I think that's wrong. But now. There's a play going on here in Palm Springs that my friend's doing, and he said it's got male frontal nudity, and there's a lot of movies now that are starting to show the same. If a man and a woman are in bed making love, the man should not have the sheet over himself, and the woman's laying there like 40 seconds. <laughs> I think it's cheap. But some, people, but some women love to do that as a freedom of, you know, it's a form of expression. As no, a, it's not freedom you know, when the man is covered, then it's no. the, but for women who do it, it is a self-expression of like, yeah, it's, it's a, a freedom of expression. Nicole Kidman did a, a play in London when I was there, the blue room, I think it was called. Did you ever see that? Uh, no. And she, that was the big, t that was the big thing about that play. And she, you know, obviously she doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do. And she had a scene where she was uh, totally nude in that, in that play. Oh, that's good for him. Daniel Radcliffe did that too in a play. Yeah, no, it's liberating to some artists. It's liberating. You know, One of the things we can't stand too is the fact now they show everybody pooping, like all the time. Like we see Julianne Moore and she's on the toilet pooping, talking on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those different things like that. I don't think we need to see those kind yeah. of. Well, you got to remember we're old, but like no, no, like old. it's not it's not see, classy and elegant. See a beautiful girl like her, like Natalie. They don't think Imme you poop. No, immediately, <laughs> immediately the audience. Puts her, oh, she's a beautiful movie star. Movie stars, are, in my day, I remember this so vividly. I ha got angry with somebody that was carrying on about Marilyn Monroe was better than Jane Russell and Gentlemen for Bloods. And I said, listen, knock it off. Marilyn Monroe pees like everybody else. My friend looked and said, no, she doesn't. I said, what do you mean, no, she doesn't? You don't think Marilyn Monroe pees? He said, no. I said, are you out of your fucking mind? What do you think? She keeps it in and explodes? She's got to be. And she shits too. Oh, no, I don't want to hear this. They, don't they, they didn't the want to hear it because it took away from who Marilyn Monroe. And he was gay, the guy. He's, it took away from Mar Marilyn Monroe doesn't do those things. I mean, she doesn't come even when she's getting laid. Of course she does. I'll be stupid. <laughs> Ask the Kennedys, they'll tell you. <laughs>
So hang on, because we've only got two minutes. I want to get a couple oh, things out. Natalie. So you guys, you can follow Natalie on Instagram. It's Natalie underscore Denise underscore Spurl. Her website is NatalieDeniseSpurl.com. You can uh, get her album. Where do they get your album if they want to buy music? You can go to Natalie. Natalie, that's a mouthful. NatalieDeniseSpurl.com. My website, you can buy all my merch there. I've got some uh, autographs, CDs, headshots, all that fun stuff. Or you can go to the band's website. Funny enough, it's called killmycoquette.com. There you go. Um, com. There should be a merch tab there somewhere to shop for uh, my music or my films. Anything autographed, I'll do that for you too. And also, you guys, check out Night of the Caregiver. It looks really good. It's on Tubi, Amazon Prime. What was the other place? I forgot. Amazon oh. Tubi, Voodoo. Voodoo. On Voodoo, you guys. And... Um, one thing I want to say too, we have one minute left. Like I love the way that you have structured your career because um, you know a lot of people who do a few horror movies then they get they get stuck in the genre and they can't get out of the genre. You know, and the fact that you really because you've got major movies, major primetime things, horror movies, you have She's everything. She's an actress, and you need to, and it's really good that you did that so you don't get pigeonholed just to be a screen queen yeah. because well, now you can do she, everything. She, she's an actress. An actress. I just finished saying does everything. An actress doesn't say, play it safe with one kind of script. Also, to, some, to do the summary on you, you're a normal girl, and I like that. You're not one of these Hollywood wackos. I, I, I mean, me, these chicks that... Give it time. What? <laughs> give it give time. time? Get out of here. You're, you're regular. You're a regular joke. I like it because you're like down to earth and normal and regular. You're not some wacky broad who thinks who the fuck she is. Give it time. I look forward I to seeing everything that I you do. I guarantee it'll never happen. We look forward to seeing everything that you do. We want you to have, I know you're coming back to LA soon, so safe travels. Uh, safe travels back, you guys. Check everything out. Again, follow her on Instagram and go to nataliesdenisepearl.com. And we want to thank you for coming on the show, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, thank Natalie. Thank you so much. Bye. I th I'd like to work with you one day. I could be a I cop. I would love to. I'm a very tough cop when I work. I would so love to. I could put you oh, in can, actually, place. I can flip her in some mm -hmm. stuff, actually. Okay. All right, Natalie. Thank you so much. We'll see you Take later. Care, Bye. 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 Everybody, thanks for tuning in. We had a great show with Bruce Good Valencia show. and Natalie Good show, right? Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.